0: Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you
1: from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital
0: of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency.
1: You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host.
0: I tell you, i never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In segment three in our sweet success segment, sponsored by Moose Tracks Ice Cream, We're going to talk about Major League Baseball's all-star festivities. Lots of people coming to St. Louis, huge economic impact, and big TV numbers. And they did something at the game this week that I almost didn't think Major League Baseball was capable of pulling off. We'll talk about that coming up in Segment 3. In Segment 4, I was like Forrest Gump this week. I was all over the place. Had an interesting week. Tell you about that. Have some interesting weeks coming up. We'll talk about that as well. A couple of other notes. Visit my sports business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. Become our Facebook friend or follow me via Twitter. Just visit the Sports Business Radio blog at sportsbusinessradio.com. Look for the links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and you can find us there. I'm joined in studio by Nathan Roach and Bobby Corser. Guys, uh, we talk all the time about the big money that athletes make. And I saw something this week that caught my eye and I was surprised no one in the media talked about this this week. Ryan Seacrest, the host of American Idol, signed a three-year deal, $15 million a year. Now I'm not saying Ryan Seacrest doesn't do a nice job on American Idol and not that I watch American Idol that much, but how come we talk about how much money athletes make, but when someone like this signs for $15 million and in my opinion, he's not working as hard as some of the athletes out there. How come no one talks about that? I'll tell you how the reason that no one talks about that. The ratings
2: for American Idol are better than any sporting event that we talk about on this program. The amount True. of money, sponsorship money, that goes to Fox for American Idol, that's a drop in the bucket for them.
0: Well, and when you talk about the highest rated programs on TV, American Idol's at the top of the list, and you know they're getting... Not Super Bowl numbers, but for their finale, they're getting usually uh, probably the second or third best numbers of the year behind the Super Bowl. Boy, NASCAR, another black eye this week. We'll tell you about that. The British Open taking place at Turnberry and a few old timers turning back the clock on Thursday. We'll talk about that and lots of other headlines. The Winter Classic. The NHL Winter Classic has a home. We'll tell you where that is. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where Sports Business Education got its start at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training, sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. To Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for the Sports Business Radio headline sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one Major League Baseball had its all star game festivities this week in St. Louis. We're going to cover the TV ratings. I'll give you my thoughts on their Go Beyond initiative, which recognizes citizens for their community service. In our next segment, we'll talk about economic impact. All of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game happenings that's coming up in our next segment. Headline number two, the British Open taking place at Turnberry in Scotland this weekend. Phil Mickelson not present as he spends time with his wife and mother who are both battling cancer. We wish them our best. And we'll recap the TV ratings and other business around golf's third major of the year on our show next week. But Nathan, Tom Watson, who uh, 59 years old. Shot five under par on Thursday and for a day turned back the clock. And, you know, Tom Watson, I'm not saying he's not a tremendously skilled golfer. He's had success at that course. But I think this speaks to the fact that today's golfers in their 50s can still compete somewhat, at least for a few rounds, because of equipment. So, I mean, it allows them to do things that they would have never been able to do 30 years ago.
2: Well, that's what I love about the sport of golf is it really is a sport of a lifetime. You see these guys that are still out, here, out there playing. I mean, Kenny Perry a couple months ago. I mean, Kenny is not 59 years old. But guys that have been around for a while can still come out and shoot some great rounds of golf. It's not like tennis. It's not like basketball. They can still play.
0: I've enjoyed TNT's coverage. The only thing that I'm bummed about is... Because of the time difference, I mean, you've got to get up at super, super early, especially here on the the West Coast, to uh, watch any of the action. And, you know, if you're rolling out of the sack at like 8 or 9, that's Bobby time, not my time. I'm up around (laughs) 5.30 every day. You know, you've already missed the entire round, and you're just watching uh, the highlights. So our next headline, the NHL has officially confirmed that Fenway Park, In Boston is going to host the Philadelphia Flyers-Boston Bruins Winter Classic on New Year's Day. Bridgestone is going to be the game's title sponsor. They've signed on early, and uh, this is always a big game. It's highly rated. NBC also signed on for two more years with the NHL this year. That partnership has done pretty well, as we've talked in uh, past weeks. Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals with the Penguins in Detroit. One of the highest-rated hockey games of this decade. And maybe we're seeing a little uptick with the NHL. But I can tell you this. The Winter Classic has been a smashing success the last few years.
2: Well, the Winter Classic should be like four or five games because it's so popular. I mean, Fenway Park, Wrigley Field. I mean, why would you not want to go watch hockey at one of those stadiums? I'm not even a huge hockey fan, but from what I've seen and what I've heard... Those just look like fantastic events.
0: Well, in Boston, I'd be surprised if that game doesn't sell out in you know an hour or two. I think those are going to be uh, easy tickets to sell. Our next headline: What a train wreck! Jeremy Mayfield, NASCAR driver, tested positive again for methamphetamine. NASCAR said this week, and this is igniting another round of denials from. Mayfield, who angrily accused the sanctioning body of paying his stepmother, to lie about his alleged past drug use. The positive result was from a July 6th random test. So let's get this straight. The judge, five days before this random test, was going to say, we're going to clear you and be able to return you to NASCAR. Five days later, this guy fails a test. He blames all of this on his grandmother or stepmother, I'm sorry, who says that he used drugs at least 30 times over seven years. I'm not buying Mayfield's story. Then he ripped NASCAR this week. Bobby, you're our auto racing expert. I don't think Mayfield has much of a career left after the disaster that was this past week for him.
1: He might not have a career left, but he will go down fighting. And I like it how he blames his stepmother. He also says in the same story that, you know, if you know him, you know he can't stand her. And he doesn't like being around her for more than 10 minutes. And he's never spent more than 10 minutes around. But you got to remember... He not only accuses her of lying about drug use, but then turns around and accuses her of killing his dad. Who supposedly committed suicide. Supposedly, and that's what the medical examiner says. But now he's going to go out and file a wrongful death lawsuit against her. And then after he does that, he's going to go around and you know, file a defamation case against NASCAR.
0: In a year where NASCAR's TV ratings are down, attendance at tracks are down, race teams are folding, uh, teams are having a hard time finding sponsors, this is not the news that they needed. Now, the scary thing is, this isn't even the strangest story of the week. As a matter of fact, this next story is one of the strangest stories that I've ever heard in my entire life, and definitely in the last five and a half years of doing this show. There's a tennis player, and his name is Richard Gasquet. Is that how you Gasquet. Okay, Gasquet. He escaped a lengthy doping ban this past Wednesday when the International Tennis Federation's Tribunal Panel ruled that he inadvertently took cocaine by kissing a woman in a nightclub. I'm not making this up. The 23-year-old Frenchman, who was cleared to resume playing after completing a -a two-and-a-half-month ban on Wednesday, convinced the independent anti-doping tribunal that he ingested cocaine with the kiss with the woman he had just met. Nathan, this is beyond bizarre. It is one of the wildest...
2: Drug abuse stories we've heard yet. And it's kind of enlightening, or, you know, breath of fresh air in terms of drug stories because. It sort of has a strange happy ending. He gets to play again, and his lawyers obviously did a fantastic job of saying that's how he uh, ingested the cocaine. And it's unique because most other drugs, there's really no way that you could prove this. Cocaine is one of those things. I think they said it was a little grain
0: of cocaine that he ingested. It was a grain of salt. A grain of salt. No more than a grain of salt, and uh, it was unusual to the point of being— probably unique and then they said they found him to be quote a player to be a person who is shy and reserved honest and truthful and a man of integrity and good character now look I'm not saying he's not all those things and I'm not saying this didn't happen all I'm saying is this is bizarre I I tweeted this this week and I said now I've heard it all because I have never in my life heard a story about this and like you just said his lawyers did a fantastic job of defending him and you know this is a guy who looked like he was going to be suspended for a long long time and now he's going to be back out on the tennis court in the near future well yeah i mean
2: this is the uh, classic case of i did not inhale or i was around someone that was smoking marijuana and and that's how i you know ingested it so apparently uh maybe he did kiss a woman
0: richard Gasquet. remember that name And, uh, again, one of the most odd stories that we've ever covered here. So, you know, look, the last two stories we just covered, drug stories. One in NASCAR and one in tennis. And usually we're talking about Major League Baseball, the NFL. Those are the leagues that we have. Cycling, back and
2: field. Yeah, no, this is is strange. And the irony of these two stories are these are not uh, enhancing drugs, if you will. Cocaine, methamphetamine. These aren't going to do anything to help you out.
0: So the moral of the story is... If you're gonna go to a nightclub, don't kiss a woman, especially if you think she may have just inhaled cocaine. Yeah. That that's this week's Don't lessons. do drugs, kids. <laughs> yeah. Don't do drugs. Stay off drugs. All right. Coming up next, we are going to give you all of the details on this week's Major League Baseball All-Star Game in St. Louis. The American League won again. What an amazing record they have. 17-3-1 in the last 21 games they will have home field advantage in this year's world series but we're going to give you all of the economic numbers the tv ratings and i'm going to talk to you about their initiative go beyond which i thought was one of the best things that i've seen major league baseball do in a long long time that's coming up next you're listening to sports business radio Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. I've got a confession to make. I'm a sucker for good ice cream. There's nothing better than watching a sporting event while enjoying an ice cream cone, or better yet, fixing an ice cream sundae with my daughter. Lucky for me, I found an indulgent ice cream at an affordable price. Moose Tracks ice cream comes in a variety of flavors, including... Chocolate Moose Tracks, Extreme Moose Tracks, Mint Moose Tracks, and of course, Original Moose Tracks, just to name a few. What's my favorite Moose Tracks ice cream flavor? It's Chocolate Moose Tracks, which is chocolate ice cream with peanut butter cups and famous Moose Tracks fudge. For a chocoholic and peanut butter lover like me, it's heaven. What's your favorite Moose Tracks flavor? To find the Moose Tracks branded store nearest you, check out the store locator at MooseTracks.com. That's M-O-O-S-E. T-R-A-C-K-S dot com. Or find the Moose Tracks banner on our website at sportsbusinessradio.com. Moose Tracks ice cream, the official ice cream of Sports Business Radio. This
1: is Sports Business Radio.
0: Well, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game uh, took place this week in St. Louis. And for the record, I think it's the most meaningful and, and uh, well-done All-Star Game of all the All-Star Games. I mean, NBA All-Star Weekend's pretty cool. Uh, The NFL, the Pro Bowl, who cares? It's an afterthought. It's after the Super Bowl. People have kind of mentally checked out of the season. But St. Louis officials this week said that the five days of Major League Baseball All-Star Game events brought in about 230,000 people to the St. Louis area, netted the city about $60 million. Major League Baseball alone booked 3,500 rooms for a total of 13,000 room nights. This is all according to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. So, guys, economically, huge success for the city of St. Louis. And, you know, I've been to St. Louis. I've watched a Cardinals game. And the fans there are really amongst the most passionate, well-educated fans in all of sport. And, yes, the game last year was at Yankee Stadium in its final season. And that was huge. But St. Louis is also a very iconic City, and it did very, very well. They did a great job hosting the game.
2: Well, yeah, and I've been to St. Louis as well. Watched the uh, Cardinals play the Cubs, and I happen to be the only Cubs person within 100 yards, and let me just tell you, they're sophisticated and educated, but they're also very brutal if you're wearing a Cubs hat, that is.
0: Well, yeah, what do you think? I mean, you think you're just going to go into a sea of red with your Cubs uni on, and uh, everyone's going to be cool to you? I thought everybody's really nice in the Midwest. Come on. I mean, come on. All right. Let's talk TV ratings. So the game posted an 8.915 final Nielsen rating on Fox. That's down 4.3% from the 9.316 rating for last year's game from Old Yankee Stadium. But more people tuned in to watch this year's game than last year. 14.6 million this year as opposed to 14.5 million last year. So it was actually the highest rated. More people watched the game this year than they had in, in several years, so uh, good ratings for the fall classic or not the fall classic the what do they call it midsummer the, classic the midsummer classic thank you I, I get all these classics confused and uh, you know remember a few years ago guys when no one was watching the game the TV ratings stunk remember they had the tie I think it was in two thousand two in Milwaukee what a disaster that was people were like they got to do something for uh, this game so now. You know, they've got home field attached to it for the World Series. The home run derby uh, has been really good. Josh Hamilton last year at Yankee Stadium was just off the charts ridiculously good. This year, Prince Fielder wins and, and was good. Nathan, speaking of the home run derby, uh, State Farm got some pretty good exposure for being the sponsor of that, right?
2: Yeah, State Farm Insurance Company, which is now the sponsor Century 21 used to be, they received $22 million Eight hundred fifty thousand dollars in broadcast exposure. That's according to Front Row and uh, State State Farm had approximately one hour and sixteen minutes of broadcast exposure. That's through verbal mentions, you know, stadium signage and on-screen graphics. Let's compare it to last year. Last year, State Farm received 56 minutes and 51 seconds of exposure with a broadcast media value of 12252000 So they're up about $10 million in exposure this
0: year. That's good. and I mean, that's why if you're a company and you sponsor a special event like the Home Run Derby, that's why, you know, if you read those numbers— uh, it seems like it's worth it, at least in media exposure. You know, I don't know that people were calling their State Farm reps the next day off, and the phones are ringing off the hook. That's the <laughs> ultimate gauge of did it work or not. But as far as media exposure goes, they got really good media exposure. Speaking of which, let's talk about which companies got the most media exposure during the actual game itself, the All Star Game, and the best sponsor value of all was Taco Bell, which is obviously a division of the Yum Brands. Don't forget. They sponsor uh, the Yum Brands does the Kentucky Derby and they do some other things, but and also as we told you a few weeks ago, Taco Bell is now the official fast food sponsor of the NBA. So Yum Foods is going big into sports. Fourth meal, baby. Fourth meal. That's what you always say. So Taco Bell got eight minutes and twenty five seconds of exposure between the game and the post game broadcast on Fox. That was worth about six point four million dollars bobby but you got
1: to remember that's also part of that two minute commercial that they ran that they bought the whole break the feature it's all about the franklins or whatever it was what about the pina colada i thought that was that was kind of catchy i mean you know i've seen the commercial
0: before but that song is like kind of catchy and oh, it was a little I bit funny it's, i think it's
2: kind of annoying
1: it's cool i mean it's it's a it's a kind of it's an iconic song everybody knows it but you know it, they put a nice spin on it
0: so pepsi got 5.7 million dollars in exposure Uh, they helped sponsor the official pregame show on Fox leading into the game. And then Anheuser-Busch, and don't forget, we're in St. Louis, so you would think Anheuser-Busch would get some good exposure. They got $4.3 million. Bank of America, who is a sponsor league-wide of Major League Baseball, got $2.2 million worth of exposure. The total sponsorship exposure for the entire game, and this is according to Front Row Marketing, $30.7 million. So, you know, again, if you're a sponsor of the game, it turns out where it it was a pretty good return on your investment this week, at least according to these numbers and according to the media exposure and getting your brand's name out there. Again, you know, we don't know what the numbers are the next day. How many people are going into Taco Bell because they saw an ad the night before? But uh, you know, I look. I was on JetBlue. I was on the way home from New York, watching the game, which, by the way, was kind of cool to be able to sit on the plane and, you know, eat up time going cross country by spending three hours or so watching the all-star game and the post game and the, and the pregame show and everything. But, uh, I was kind of getting hungry for Taco Bell when I was up at 35,000 feet and they were showing those commercials. And the best thing I had was like, you know, little cookies next.
2: Just, just give Virgin Atlantic
0: time. They'll have a Taco (laughs) Bell on the plane in a couple months. Oh gosh, they probably will. All right. So there was something very, very successful with the game. I know I rip on Major League Baseball all the time. I'm very critical of uh, Bud League, but they did something at this year's All-Star Game that I thought was very successful. Success. I have great news for you. How sweet it is. Right on, sweet sister.
2: Time to highlight a winning move from the world of sports business. Oh, man, that's sweet. Sports Business Radio presents Sweet Success. That'd be sweet. Brought to you by Moose Tracks Ice Cream. To find Moose Tracks at a store near you, check out their store locator at
0: Moose Tracks.com. So, Major League Baseball, as I said, I've been very critical of them, and why shouldn't I be? I mean, boy. People like Bud Seelig have uh, polluted the sport, turned a blind eye. The owners have turned a blind eye. Yes, they're doing some good things, and uh, they're cleaning up the sport. We're not hearing about drug problems as much. But I'll tell you, they organized a pregame effort that was second to none. It was one of the best pregame efforts I've ever seen at any sporting event, and probably the best I've ever seen for an All-Star game. It was called their Go Beyond initiative, and if you go to MLBGoBeyond.com, you can learn more about it. But essentially what they did is they pulled together the five living presidents, which is a feat in itself. I mean, it's pretty impressive, and they had them do vignettes, and they honored 30 people from around the country who are doing amazing things in the community, people who have started started nonprofits, people who – have just uh, you know started companies that are really making a difference in the community. And let's face it, you know we don't hear about those stories in the media. We hear the negative stuff. We don't hear enough of the good stories and the common Joe Blow that's doing amazing things. We only hear when the celebrities and the noteworthy people are doing great things. So I thought just from that concept, it was really cool that those people were being recognized. So out of those 30 people that they brought to St. Louis and they had them on the field, they showed vignettes for five of those people. And I got to tell you, they were touching vignettes. I mean, I'm sitting there at 35,000 feet on JetBlue, and I was getting a little uh, teared up.
1: A little misty-eyed. A little
0: misty-eyed. Hoping for Taco Bell. It, it was really uh, it was touching. And then, you know, to see the presidents mixed in, and I thought they did a really nice job. Whoever produced the, the vignettes did an excellent job with that. But the coolest thing of all was when— they came back from the vignettes on Fox and they said, you know, they introduced the thirty people, not name by name, but you know, basically said these are the the go beyond honorees. And afterwards the players who were on the field who had already been introduced all kind of broke off of their line and came and mingled with these thirty people. And what a thrill it must have been for these thirty people who are doing great things in their community to be able to mingle with some of the best players in baseball, some of the biggest names in baseball and You know, a lot of times you can tell when players are just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever, we'll go shake their hand and, you know, let me get on to the game. The players seem to be genuinely engaged. And, again, I don't know if they were acting or not, but it looked genuine. And I just thought, this is what baseball needs. So many times, you know, baseball is one of the only sports, yeah, they wear hats, but you can see their faces, you can get pretty close to them. I've said for years, why do we not have more superstars with endorsement deals in baseball? I mean, David Wright in New York, is he's got some pretty good deals. A-Rod for a while had some good deals before all his steroid stuff. But really beyond that, I mean, why isn't Albert Pujols? Why doesn't he have more endorsement deals? You know, when Mike Piazza played, he was a good-looking guy. He played in L.A., he played in New York. Why didn't he have more deals? I, I don't understand why baseball... Hasn't had more deals. Maybe it's because of the drugs, but I don't know what it is. But I thought this was something that made baseball look really, really good. Well, I
2: think to, to that point, I think baseball has been tainted for so many years. I mean, let's look back to Bo Jackson and Ken Griffey Jr. Those were huge endorsement deals that they had with companies like Nike, and everybody still remembers those endorsement deals. But as the steroid era trickled in, I think you saw less and less of that. Now it's up to Major League Baseball to essentially one-up themselves. What are they going to do next year to build on this? Because a good PR campaign isn't just one year. Something like this needs to be a tradition at the event, and I think that this is a good step for Major League Baseball.
0: Well, it's called activating. So how are they going to activate MLBGoBeyond.com? They had a great kickoff. It was you know very well exposed. You had the five presidents putting their weight behind it. Uh, President Obama had some really nice things to say and urged people to you know, serve their community and do wonderful things like these 30 people, which I thought was really cool. But now, you know, are we going to see for the second half of the season, the teams in their own ballparks promoting MLB GoBeyond.com? You know, they've got a Twitter page. They've got a Facebook page. They've got all this other stuff up. That's great. But how are the teams going to really get behind this? And then, like you said, Nathan, what are they going to do in years to come to top what they did this year? But, you know, again, Sweet success, sponsored by Moose Tracks Ice Cream. Um, we talk about successful things on the show every week, and this was something that I thought Major League Baseball finally got it right. They hit it on the head, and I just thought, to use a baseball term, it was
2: a home run. <laughs>
0: wow, look at that.
2: Now, is is Bud Selig back on your uh, good graces for doing now, <laughs> something like this? He'd have
0: to do, like, a hundred of these things. And look, I got into I got into some arguments on Twitter this week because I was critical of Bud Selig. Everyone's showering. oh, he's... Record attendance, and baseball's never been healthier, and da 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 And, and I shot those down quickly on my, my tweets, and some people shot back some nasty things to me. But I'm holding tight with, with Bud Selig. I still say the guy should resign. I think baseball needs a new voice. You know, he can sit here and celebrate baseball this week, and yes, the All-Star Game was great. And we just talked about the economic impact for St. Louis. It was the most well-watched All-Star Game since 2002. As far as TV ratings go, that's all great. But I still hold Bud Selig accountable for the last 25 years of baseball because he and the owners and the GMs stuck their head in the sand while they knew what was going on, turned a blind eye on the drugs, and sat back at the cash register and counted their money. And I think that's inexcusable. Bud Selig should have got out a long time ago. He's a used car salesman. He should have got out a long time ago. All right, coming up next i had an interesting week this week i want to share that with you and i've got some interesting travels coming up ahead let you know what your host is going to be up to if you care coming up in our next segment you're listening to sports business radio hi this is brian Berger, host of sports business radio When I'm looking for a place to have dinner with family, friends, or business associates, there's only one restaurant on my list. Morton's The Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. In its 28th year in business, Morton serves only the finest quality foods, featuring USDA prime-age beef, fresh seafood, hand-picked produce, and decadent desserts prepared to perfection, not to mention the award-winning wine list. When my destination is Morton's, the best is always on the menu. And they treat me like a VIP during every visit, whether in the dining room or the private boardrooms. With almost 75 restaurants conveniently located around the world, Morton's is the gold standard when it comes to steakhouses. To find the Morton's nearest you or to make a reservation, go online to mortons.com. Morton's, the best steak anywhere and the official steakhouse of sports business Radio back to sports business radio with brian berger so for those of you who have not listened to this show before or maybe unfamiliar with us when i'm not hosting the show i'm a pr professional been doing that for a long time had my own company since 1998 nathan you're a pr professional so haven't had my own company we're out doing things bobby's kind of a pr professional he's always out uh glad-handing people and, you know, doing PR for his various companies that he works for. But I want to let people peek behind the curtain a little bit into the the world of Brian Berger for the last week. And then I've got some interesting things coming up in the weeks to come. So that's kind of a a programming heads up. But this past week, uh, I went to New York. I love New York. One of my favorite cities to travel to. I would never want to live there because it is so high maintenance to go from point A to B. So many people there. I mean, I lived in L.A. I went you wouldn't to... fit in in a high-maintenance city? No. Come on. I, I lived in L.A. for seven years, and sitting on the freeway, spending 40% of my life in a car, uh, stuck in traffic, not my idea of how I want to spend my life. So, But I do love New York, and it's got fond memories for me, and uh, you know, it's just a great, great city. The reason I went out to New York is I work with Brian Grant, who used to play for the Portland Trailblazers. And Brian and I have known each other for a long, long time. He's one of my first clients. We're good friends. And for those of you who may not know, he was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And I had Brian go on ESPN. He was with Rick Buecher, good friend of this show, and someone who I trust uh, immensely. I think he does a fantastic job for ESPN. And he made his announcement because... You know, let's face it, this is a tough diagnosis, and it's something that uh, a lot of people have a hard time, especially if you're someone who's in the public eye coming forward. So Brian and I, uh, when he made this announcement, one of the people he wanted to reach out to was Michael J. Fox, the Michael J. Fox of Family Ties, of Spin City. Back of to the Future. Back to the Future, uh, you know, numerous movies and um, very successful career, and I'm Huge fan of his and really a fan of his books, Lucky Man, and uh, his latest book, uh, what is it, uh, Looking Up, or uh, i got to get the name of that. Bobby, you can look that up right now if you you don't mind. Uh, God, I'm reading. I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. So long story short, Brian Grant and I go out because we wanted to meet with Michael J. Fox and meet with his foundation staff. Because there's a good chance that Brian may work with Michael J. Fox and team with him to try and find a cure for Parkinson's and to use Brian's platform to – go ahead, Bobby.
1: Always looking up.
0: Always, darn it. I couldn't – yeah, always looking up. Great book. Get it. Go to Amazon.com right now. Get Lucky Man and Always Looking Up. Two great books by Michael J. Fox. So we went to New York, and I took a red eye out on Sunday night. By the way, uh, red eyes – Unless you absolutely have to do it, not a good idea. Not a good, I, at least this was a direct flight, but I couldn't sleep. So I got into New York around 6.30. Our meeting started around 9.00. Starbucks was carrying me through the day. The mocha was carrying me through the day. Was Brian on the flight with you? No, he was already there. So he was smart. He, he went there. Because of scheduling, uh, I couldn't get there a day early. So that's another story altogether for another show that could take up an entire show. (laughs) Okay. So luckily for us, Michael J. Fox was in New York when we were there and we got to go to his office, which was very, uh, very nice office, but, you know, don't think New York high story, you know, 30th floor, highfalutin, very nice, but, uh, you know, very understated. And we met with Michael J. Fox for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I got to tell you, you know I have had the good fortune of meeting with a number of celebrities over the course of my life, mostly athletes but but other celebrities as well and Michael J. Fox is as genuine and as nice and as down to earth as any person that you would ever meet. so you know for those people, I get asked all the time, was he really as cool as he seems to be on TV was he really as cool as he seems in his books? absolutely, even even better and Um, You know, to listen to Brian Grant and Michael J. Fox talk about Parkinson's, because let's face it, I can sit there and listen, and Michael J. Fox's CEO and president, Katie Hood, was there as well. We don't know what it's like to have Parkinson's. Only Brian and and Michael J. Fox do. So, you know, I don't know what it's like to go through what he's going through except for what he tells me. And so my point is they were able to relate to each other, and um, it was cool. To, to listen to that conversation and then to have the chance to ask Michael J. Fox some questions on my own and to just chat with him and see his Emmy Awards and see his pictures uh, you know, of him uh, doing some pretty cool things in, in life. So that was great. And then we went on and we spent a day with the people running the Michael J. Fox Foundation. And I'm on the board of directors for Ronald McDonald House Charities, and you know, I've been around some nonprofits in my life. And I'll tell you what, I was as impressed with the Michael J. Fox Foundation and how they are going about raising money as any nonprofit I've ever seen. And they've really kind of uh, thought outside the box. And I think it's uh, michaeljfox.org if you want to check them out online. But they're just doing some amazing things. Um, I think they've used a little bit of the Lance Armstrong and Livestrong model. They don't have a a yellow wristband or a, a branding symbol. But they've uh, kind of like Lance has his army and the people around the world who raise money for cancer and do their own little events. Well, Team Fox does the same thing for Parkinson's disease. And really, Michael J. Fox, like Lance Armstrong with cancer, has become the face of Parkinson's disease. And Brian Grant, I think not as well known as Michael J. Fox in sports circles. He's a little bit more well known. Than Michael J. Fox, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, how those two may work together in the future. And it was really interesting to see um, just how a well-run organization is is run. You know, I don't care if you're a nonprofit, if you're a business, if you're a sports team, if you are a well-run organization with bright people. And the people running his organization are, you know, Harvard Business School graduates, and the people on the board. You know, I, I had lunch with uh, Michael J. Fox's producing partner, TV producing partner, who's been his partner for a long, long time. Uh, I met with a guy who runs a $68 billion hedge fund. I mean, <laughs> some of these people, I was almost laughing what power brokers they are. And uh, so it was really cool to uh, to spend time with Michael J. Fox, his foundation staff, and to see just what they're doing to put a face on – raising money for Parkinson's disease and hopefully finding a cure. Well,
2: what's unfortunate, it's, it's obviously unfortunate when Michael J. Fox, Muhammad Ali, Brian Grant get these types of diseases. The flip side of that, the positive side, like you said, is they become a face for the disease. Right. And and they really can reach a wide array of audiences. You know, Muhammad Ali, obviously an iconic sports figure. Brian Grant, a, a, a real member of the community and everywhere he's been, identifies well with people in all sorts of different sports communities and elsewhere. And Michael J. Fox, an iconic actor. So it gives people a sense of hope when they see someone going through it Who, if they have Parkinson's. I, I think it's fantastic when someone steps up and 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 is transparent with their disease and
0: allows other people to kind of have some hope in their life. It's a courageous thing. I mean, that's one of the things I listen to them talk about. It took eight years for Michael J. Fox, who was still acting, to come out and go public with his diagnosis. And he was telling Brian, look, you know, you got me beat by several years because you came out with yours soon after your diagnosis. Um, It took me a long time. And it's got to be a really tough thing for people who make their lives in the in the public spotlight to come out with that kind of a diagnosis. You know, we talk about Lance Armstrong and the Livestrong Foundation. Lance Armstrong is in the Tour de France. He's back in the public spotlight. He's getting people to think about raising money for cancer. You know, you can say what you want about, well, I don't like when athletes come back because they're coming back after they're washed up. Well, first of all, Lance is making one heck of an appearance in the Tour de France. Secondly, he's doing good things for raising money for cancer. So if you're going to come back for that purpose, I don't know how you can fault the guy. No, I I completely
2: agree. I mean, Lance Armstrong has become almost the face of cancer as well on the flip side of, uh, of Parkinson's disease. And, you know, I don't know. With the Tour de France, sometimes you question... Why he's coming back. Is he coming back for personal reasons? I happen to believe that Lance Armstrong is coming back because he wants to bring more awareness to cancer, but he's already done so much. And, you know, I I hope Brian Grant is able to do a a fraction of as much as uh, Lance Armstrong.
0: So it was an educational week in New York. Uh, I also stopped by the league offices in the NBA and uh, visited some people there.
2: We can have David Stern on again pretty soon.
0: Hopefully. We'll see. But, you know, always interesting to be up there. And they've got uh, beautiful offices. I stopped into the NBA store. And, uh, you know, they've already got the Tyler Hansbro and uh, Hashim to beat jerseys out. And, I mean, the NBA doesn't miss a beat. I mean, they, they, they got it all. As soon as the guy's drafted, you know, I'm sure as, as soon as Allen Iverson finds a new team, uh, you know, they're going to have that. They had all the Shaq Cavalier stuff in there. They had the Shaq Sun stuff on the on-sale rack. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just funny, you know, you talk about jersey sales. Um, you know, the NBA store, they're on top of it as soon as a guy is traded. So in the next few weeks, we are going to have a show next week. But the following week, I'm going to be out. Nathan is going to host the show. Hold on to your hat there, everyone. Um, I work with Eric Spolstra, who's the head coach of the Miami Heat, the youngest coach in all of the NBA. Succeeded Pat Riley in Miami. Did a fantastic job in Miami last year, leading them to a huge turnaround. And Eric is the only Filipino-American coach in all of U.S. sports. So I have set up a trip for Eric, who has not been to the Philippines since he was two years old, uh, to return to the Philippines for a week and do clinics and uh, you know meet with some basketball leaders in the Philippines. And I'm going to go on that trip with him, and there's going to be a ton of media coverage in the Philippines. And the U.S. State Department is going to host us, so we're going to be traveling with them. We'll be traveling with some people from the NBA And I will be out of the country for a week in the Philippines. And, you know, if you listen to this show a few years ago, I went to China. Very fascinating trip. Um, I'm interested to go to the Philippines, see uh, a country that I haven't been to before, see what kind of reception Eric gets over there from everyone. What everyone's telling me, you know, he's going to be treated like a rock star Um, and. It'll just be interesting to see how the NBA is received in the Philippines because we know it's huge in Tokyo and in uh, Beijing and Shanghai and places like that. I've heard it's very, very well received in the Philippines. We'll be in Manila for most of the time. So it will be interesting. I also want to, just if I have time, I want to go see where the thriller in Manila took place. That's something I've always said. If I ever got to the Philippines, I want to go see where that fight took place because in my opinion— It's one of the best fights of all time.
2: Well, and, you know, we talk about the globalization of basketball, and this is just one more step for the NBA at really kind of covering the entire world.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the NBA, when I met with the people at the league office this week, they see Eric as a real uh, tool to help them get into the Philippines. That's a place they've wanted to get into for the last eight years. And now, you know, they've got one of their NBA head coaches. And wisely, uh, they said, hey, look, this makes sense. Let's go do a trip. Let's do some clinics. It's a very, very poor country, a lot of poor people over there. So they're going to be very excited to have basketballs put in their hands and um, learn some basketball from an, an NBA coach. And just, you know, it's kind of like the prodigal son returning home. So that's where I will be. I'm going to try and blog about it at sportsbusinessradio.com. Might try and tweet. I have no idea what kind of internet access we have over there, but... uh Follow me at SB Radio on Twitter and go to sportsbusinessradio.com for my blog. All right. Coming up next, our final segment on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Yao Ming. Speaking of Asia, Yao Ming in the news. We'll tell you what he's in the news for. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Evergreen Media Training assists individuals and groups by offering unique preparation and training catered to your specific needs. From explaining today's media environment to providing you with post-training monitoring and feedback, We'll guide you every step of the way. With nearly 40 years of combined experience working with some of the biggest names in the sports industry, we'll help you communicate your messages honestly, thoughtfully, and from the heart. For an overview and a list of services, visit evergreenmediatraining.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We are back, and in past weeks, we've read the media reports that Houston Rockets center Yao Ming may. ...meets an early demise as far as his basketball playing days because of bad feet. Well, he's made a lot of money over the course of his career. He's really done an amazing job introducing the NBA brand in China. And this week he made a move that may set himself up for his post-basketball playing career. He purchased the club that he used to play for, the Shanghai Sharks. This according to Chinese media reports on Thursday... So, Nathan, you know, I think this is a good move. He played for them as a teenager. His worth is supposedly at $56.8 million per year. Um, And then, you know, it's going to cost 20 million yuan, that's Chinese money, to run the team. I think that's, you know, only a few million dollars, which by NBA standards is pretty inexpensive. And if he can elevate that team that he played for back to a level that it was when he played for them in 2002— He'll be seen as even more of a hero in China. I was in China with Yao Ming, and I mean, this guy walks on water there. So I'm sure when he bought this troubled team that had a hard time making payroll this year, people probably went, wow, that's really great.
2: This is one step in the direction for Yao becoming the commissioner of uh, the CBA, the Chinese Basketball Association. Well, maybe.
0: We'll see. But right now, he tops Forbes' list of the wealthiest Chinese entertainers. So uh, he's got money to burn, and, you know, again, he's made some wise investments, and I think it's cool that he bought the team that he used to play for. All right, a lot of thank yous. Our show staff, Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, Moose Tracks Ice Cream. Go to moosetracks.com, look for your store locator. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Morton's the Steakhouse and Evergreen Media Training, a podcast reminder. You can catch our show on demand anytime you want. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com, click on the podcast page. You can also go to iTunes and search for us at iTunes and download our podcast to your iPhone or your iPod or MP3 player. Follow us via Twitter, Radio, or be our Facebook friend. So go to sportsbusinessradio.com, click on our blog, look for the links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and you can access those there. I'm Brian Berger. Have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you next weekend on Sports Business Radio.
1: Greg Oden of the Portland Trailblazers supports the Ronald McDonald Houses.
0: I'm a big fan of the houses, happy to help them make a difference.
1: He helps because he believes every hospitalized child should be near their family in tough times. And everyone can support this home away from home. When you purchase a McCafe Espresso drink or premium roast coffee, McDonald's donates a portion of proceeds to Ronald McDonald House charities in Oregon and Southwest Washington. Have participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
0: A little change can make
2: a big difference.
0: <laughs> or online at sportsbusinessradio.com